Whether you're an aspiring music business professional or a seasoned vet, every Thursday, the Music Business Podcast brings you the trends and tactics from some of the world's most innovative minds in music. I'm artist manager and consultant, Jordan Williams. And I'm Sam Heisel, co-founder of the music marketing and content production agency, Knox. We're not teachers. We're entertainment industry professionals, drinkers, wannabe comedians, and most importantly, fans. Welcome to the show. Jordan was 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 crackalacking, Jordan. How are you feeling, bro? <laughs> I'm good, uh, man. I fuck with the energy, man. I fuck yeah, with the energy. <laughs> there it is. There it is. Um, no, rocking and rolling, man. Things are firing on all cylinders. But today, I have a very special guest, Moody Jones. He's the SVP of Digital and Creative at Empire. Um, prior to kind of joining, coming on the team at Empire, he ran an agency called Everybody Knows, which did a lot of marketing and digital and creative support. Now he's really evolved in towards label management, label operations, still with this kind of underlying threat of digital and creative. Um, really excited to have him on. He's been able to work with some incredible artists like Tyga, Tentacion, Carnage, Snoop Dogg, the list goes on. So I think he really does a great job breaking down some of his... Uh, some some core pillars for creative and marketing and artist development. Um, what stood out to you, Jordan? Um, I think he I think he's like a a super well decorated, skillful man. So like he's he he worked in marketing. He's worked uh, at a management. He has management. He is he does labor relations. It's 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 like he's he he has a lot of experience in a lot of different areas. He's sort of like a renaissance man. So I actually just like talking about um the the several different projects that he's done including the one that he does for himself which is just putting out music um under his name moody jones so um that in addition to um the productivity hacks that he spoke on um i think his general outlook on how he approaches mental health and personal development is really healthy um and i think it's a lot for for people to learn from yeah a thousand percent well without any further ado moody jones yo moody what's up man How's What's it going? It's good. Welcome to the Thank Music Business Podcast, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's been great seeing you grow since uh, since the Wavo days. Yes, sir. <laughs> it's been a minute, but um, yeah, awesome. So I guess like just for starters, what, what are you up to today? What's your day-to-day look like? Uh, well, it's good to see you again, Jordan. Uh, I know we haven't spoken since the Wavo days when I was helping out on the marketing side. The music, so, small, uh, music industry is a small place, you know. I mean, as long as you have the same taste, you know what I'm saying? So, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So, so day to day, right now, um, I mean, officially, my title is the SVP of Digital at Creative at Empire. Uh, so I oversee uh, all our rollouts, any of our priority releases, um, you know, in terms of like budgets, marketing artwork um you know just like qa basically make sure that everything looks good uh essentially i feel that's what my role is is making artists look good and um other than that i also uh, started working with artists directly on 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 their marketing on their branding uh you know mostly independent acts and and trying to help them kind of like get the right exposure so they can attract um other labels i I feel like it's kind of like an accelerator for artists Mm-hmm. And uh, on the side side, uh, I'm also um, I, I have like a bunch of music that's out that's uh, that's kind of been picking up a little bit of momentum that I'm happy with. And then uh, just a few more projects on the way, but that's kind of my day to day. That's awesome. I guess first and foremost, that sounds like you do a good amount of stuff. Like, how do you have the time? 
And I'm asking because I'm trying to do some shit like that. I'm, I want to have something <laughs> and then the side side. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, but how, do, right. how, do, how do you balance the time? Uh, a lot of it is kind of like hacking my day. Mm-hmm. I, I try and like figure out ways where I can be doing more than one thing in like an optimal setting. So, you know, while I'm commuting, I'm like setting up my, you know, daily goals for the day. Uh, on my lunch break, I'm like reviewing teams. Um, workload uh, like in the sauna I'll listen to a podcast you know what I'm saying like I'll try <laughs> yeah. and like for, for it wherever I can plug things to kind of make the most of my time right um, like I'll have like a, a playlist that automatically updates where our releases uh, that starts every Friday and I'll listen to that over the weekend so then Monday I'm like up to date with all our releases mm. um, on Spotify and YouTube you know what I'm saying things like mm. that and I have it sorted uh, by least amount of views the most amount of views uh that way like when i come in monday i i want to like try and help the ones that didn't get the right exposure or need mm. a little bit of extra push uh compared to the ones that got good placements and the videos already moving so i know their management team or the artist is happy you know I, I don't have to worry about them right now yeah that's actually a really good way to approach it especially when you have that many artists on the roster like who who could we be helping more and then having like some data to actually back that up that's like super cool What's, yeah, um, I mean, I, I think it's like when, when when a Thursday night comes around and all the placements happen, you know, a lot of times people are focused on, you know, the priority artists, mm-hmm. like, hey, like the the Snoops or the Bustas or the Tigers or whatever. But it's it's really the ones that are going to hit marketing right away are the ones who didn't secure the right exposure. You know, those are the ones that are like, hey, what are we doing now? Like, what else can we be doing to push? So I'll start with those guys. And then focus on the rest of the releases. What's um? What do you think is the reason that those people start off at the bottom? What are some pitfalls of, I guess, marketing that maybe? Um, and obviously, the list may not mean the bottom is a bad place to be. It just means it's the worst right. relatively. The worst for that list could still be better than you know ninety percent of where artists are or whatever. But what do you think? How do you how do you start to move them around uh, within that list with some of the stuff that you do? I mean, I think the bottom part is a, is actually a nice place to be mm-hmm. if you have a pl- plan in place or a team in place. It's not even a plan. It's just if you have a team in place. Right. Because um, when you're at the bottom, because like what, we, what I look at and what I really care about is the percentage change, you know, over a day or a week period. So if you're right. starting off at one, that's great. When you hit 10, you know, you're up 10x. Right. You know? and, and, and majority of releases kind of have like a, 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 a like curve moving downwards, you know, especially mm-hmm. with like really big releases as opposed to the small ones where it's like, it actually moves up. So it looks like it picks up momentum and you have like more of a long tail rollout. So you can take your time and come up with a cool plan. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, a, a lot of times if, if you like a lot of releases will hit crazy numbers the first few days, especially over the weekend, Monday, it will hit like their playlist, the algorithmic stuff. But then it just starts to dip, you know, and then it's like, okay, what can we do to keep up the momentum? What can we do to push the record? Um, so those conversations are a lot different than the conversation where it's like, hey, I'm not, I don't have any momentum. Let's 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 actually spark the fire, you know? Right. Um, and then and then you have more creative control and direction of what you want to do. Um, but you asked a good question. You're like, what what are some of the pitfalls or the mistakes, you know, that 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 these things happen to begin with, right? Yeah. Yeah. 
So, so I think the first one is managing expectations. I think people, you know, you expect that, Hey, I put a record out and I'm just going to sit back and see what happens. Um, which, right. and, 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 and sometimes it's like, Hey, you, you know, they submit a record a week before and then they're like, Hey, why didn't I hit new music Friday? Mm-hmm. Um, or, you know, it's not even the master and they're like, Hey, like what's going on here? <clears throat> so I don't know if, if you can't even submit your stuff three weeks in advance or give yourself three weeks to like really plan out a record, you can't be upset, you know? Um, and then the second reason is that a lot of times I think they just don't know their fan base, mm-hmm. which is, you know, they'll be like putting out albums when, you know, there, no one really asked them for an album, you know, or, you know, which I've seen, I see this all the time. It's like, yo, I can't wait to drop an album. I'm like, that's cool. But like, is everyone else waiting or is it just you who can't wait? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, take your time. Like, you don't even know who really fucks with you like that, that they waiting for an album. Mm-hmm. And then uh, the the third one, I'm, I'm just thinking off top, but the third one yeah. is also a lot of profiles or artists have very inflated numbers. Um, and, and, and sometimes those numbers end up reflecting on their personalities or their expectations as well. And then it's like, Hey man, like those are your real numbers. Like organically, that's how many people really <laughs> fuck with you. Um, all that other stuff, the fluff that you added in the past or the fluff that, you know, someone DM'd you and told you, Hey, like, I'm gonna help you do this. And now you think that's, what you really represent that that's not healthy for anybody. Right. Right. Thousand percent. Um, well, I know you've had a, you've been able to work with a, like a, a super broad range of artists. So I'm very curious from your perspective, like what have been some of your, your favorite artists to work with? And like, uh, we'll just start there and why. And, and uh, some people have answered this question differently depending on who you ask. So um, you know, we're not trying to get you in trouble and nothing. You don't need to say, you don't need to say who's like your favorite favorite, but we want to hear stories of people that really, that impacted you, um, when you ended up working with them, um, and that maybe ended up successful that maybe didn't have those odds to begin with, you know? Cool. So, um, I'll start with the first question. I think the, the, there's two groups. There's the artists that kind of know their role and let someone let me do my role and that's like my favorite relationship it's like hey here's my music i did everything you told me now go do your thing which i love uh so like artists like Dolph are like that snoop is like that um who uh, carnage is like that a lot of artists are like on that vein where it's like it's my job is not marketing my job is not digital my job is to deliver the body of work by the dates you wanted and tell you my expectations and you figure it out. Um, and then you have artists that I just like love how their, their, their whole team like moves, like Freddie Gibbs, um, like the Alchemist, like all those guys, they, they like bring in a body of work and they know exactly what, where they want to put it. They know exactly what billboards they want. Like they really know exactly everything they need and it's up to me to just deliver that. And then once in a while, bring in some new ideas. Um, the, the ones that are, not my favorite to work with are the ones that are, hey, I know everything you just said, but I don't care. Here's what I want to do. And then it fails. And then it says, well, can you fix it now? But <laughs> that's my job. 
Yeah. Yeah. Um, there's a couple of things I think that, you know, just working with artists, uh, especially in the management world that I kind of resonate with that you just said. One of them is uh, wanting to put something out as soon as it's recorded and makes it and mastered. <laughs> it's just like, yo, it's all done. Let's put it out. I can't wait. And obviously I, I understand that. Um, but having a plan and, and, and the time to have a plan is and, and, and the luxury of being able to have a plan, I think, is um, is important. Um, kind of like when you said starting at zero and going up from there can sometimes mean you have more time to actually plan things the right way. Um, there's also there's also artists realizing what kind of artist they want to be, which I think is right. a question not a lot of people ask anymore. Um, like some artists want to put out a song that just gets them royalties and they'll retire. That's it. Like, that's what I want. That's it. You know, I'm just right. chasing that one record. Some artists right. just want to go on tour and just sell merch. Some artists want to put a song out every week to prove that they can write. You know what I'm saying? So like right. real, if you, if you identify what kind of artist you actually want to be, then it makes the entire process way, way easier. Right. Uh, that's why I love when artists say they're retiring. I'm like sick. <laughs> 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 that's awesome who are some of the artists that you're working with right now that you're most excited about and why um there, there's a lot of artists that i'm really excited about uh larry june is a really good one um the reason i love larry june is he's so different like he's preaching being healthy he's preaching vegan he's preaching sustainability he's preaching like it, like his show we had a show for him last week and, you know, he drove himself to the show. He was giving out oranges. He, um, we had a, a, an orange theory class that he like was the instructor for and like, like stuff like that. Like I haven't seen any rappers do this shit before. And it's like, you know, right. educating people on like, Hey, it's cool to do this, you know? And he's from the Bay. So he really reps the Bay like that. So Larry June's project, I'm, I'm very excited about. Um, uh, there's a key Glock project that's dropping. That's really good. Oh, Young Blue, Young Blue for sure. One of the most exciting projects. I, I am like Blue. Um, you know, he after the Drake co-sign um, that you know he was out of here, and now his album. He has like Chris Brown. He has Two Chains. He has Her. He has YG, Ty Dolla. Like it's an incredible body of work. Um, and again, like knows exactly what he's doing. Very talented. Um, gets involved. Like texts me says hey, like, what are we doing for targeting on YouTube? Like, hey, like, you know, like really involved and stuff, like not just like an autopilot. And he'll right. give me ideas. I was like, yeah, damn, I didn't think about that. That's a good point. Uh, so yeah, definitely blue. Right, tight. What are like um, some success stories that you kind of have from your time at Empire slash marketing in general, um, where you feel like you kind of learned the pillars of what, what a good marketing campaign is to kind of exemplify that for you? And what did you learn from it? Um. I'm I'm very hard on I'm a hard critic. I'm never satisfied with stuff. And I think a lot of people say that, but I, I you know, no matter how successful a project is, I'm always like, but we could have done this, but we forgot about that. Um I think some of the interesting learnings is like working with a lot of these projects where um uh, the artist is no longer around. So it's like it's a very crazy way of marketing because you can't really speak on their behalf, but you, so you have to speak on behalf of their, their fans. Um, and so I love those projects in a sense, because 
it ends up being a, a collaboration between you and all the fans. So uh, for the XXX Tentacion project, um, I recall that in or we couldn't figure like in order to you have a good brand direction creatively, we ended up hiring um, over 60 designers that were all his fans. And we asked every person to kind of do what they feel is right. And then we just kind of worked it out. Um, Rotimi, that was actually one of my favorite campaigns for Rotimi. Uh, he had a video with Wale and it was right around the pandemic. Um, so all these designers got laid off. And so we asked uh, 32 designers that lost their jobs due to COVID. Uh, we asked them all to do uh, 14 seconds of the video. And then we chopped it up and put it all together. And all the money that came from, all the revenue went straight to them um, and to other designers that lost their jobs. Um, so I think it's like the, the projects that I find successful are the ones that don't just tie in streams or don't just tie in the artists, but actually do something with the culture or, or have a positive influence. Um, cause it, it's, it's honestly really hard when, when certain music or certain genres are very vocal about, you know, violence or things like that. And so you, you end up finding, uh, <clears throat> more satisfaction when you're pushing like a very positive, um, idea. Thousand percent. I love that. And I mean, I think I'm very curious from your perspective, because I mean, you're, you're like a, a marketer and have a really strong perspective on, on marketing and planning and digital, but also very much have kind of creative right at the, the root. So I'm, I'm curious from your perspective, like when you, you kind of mentioned some artists that'll have a very clear creative vision other times where you're really kind of supplementing and stepping in to present and provide a lot of creative support and ideas. When you're thinking about like, a well-rounded, very successful creative and marketing campaign and, and digital. I mean, those things get tied together hand in hand. Like what, what are some like general pillars you tend to focus on of, of what really define and, and contribute to success across creative and marketing? Um, I think, I think it's just being able to do like any, any project that I do whenever we have a marketing rollout, my, my rule is a 70, 30, uh, rule. So that's 70% the usual type of marketing, which is making sure you have the right ads, you have the right media buys, all of that. But then that 30% is like, okay, what can we do hella different than anything else? Uh, whether it be something on a platform or something that's never been done before. Uh, there was a project I once worked on that in order, we wanted to promote a song. I forgot what the song was called exactly. Um, something related to but the word cash app or venmo was in there and uh no it was venmo and so what we did is we got fans to just venmo each other and then in the in the copy like in when you leave a comment you put the link there so everyone was looking at their feed <laughs> and in the feed on venmo there was a link to a record you know like no one's done that before but it's like whatever i paid 10 cents per message or whatever but it's something that no one's ever done inside the platform as opposed to like people who what we're doing with Cash App, which was like, you know, sign up and I'll send you 10 bucks. You know, it's not the same thing. It's like, no, like we actually went in the app and it's something different. So I think whatever platform you use is kind of trying to be creative and use it in a way that hasn't been done before. Um, like because Empire is also the distributor, which, you know, which is a benefit that most labels don't, don't actually have that arm is um, for one of our projects, for one of our artists, we went back 
in November, and we updated their last seven albums and made them COVID friendly. So we mm -hmm. added masks to all their albums. We added hand sanitizers to all their albums, like stuff like that. And so people went back and started listening to them. So we ended up boosting the whole catalog sale. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, the other thing was other people started the conversation saying the, the artwork was always like this and that the artist was so ahead of their time, which is insane. But it's, you know, <laughs> it's just like thinking of things that other artists, you know, people haven't utilized the same cookie cutter rollout and doing something differently with it. And uh, I, I've been seeing a lot of people being very successful with it. And the best way to do it is for you to really be as involved as possible with your own brand. Right. Kind of um, piggybacking off that, but like very specifically, which, which marketing tactics do you think specifically have the best ROI from a digital perspective? Like, um, as far as like, yo, this is, we can depend, we can depend on this to, to help us hit our, hit our, uh, hit our goals here. I, I'm all my, I will always praise this and probably get into trouble for it, but I think Google ads is the best for any video content. It's the best bang for a buck. It actually mm -hmm. gets you real fans. It actually mm -hmm. has people's attention. You know, pe people are engaged with, you know, they're seeing your video, they're hearing your song, they see your name and it costs like 10% compared to the next ad platform out there. Um, <clears throat> I think with everything, like it's the only platform I've seen that didn't really um, climax and then fall off. Like TikTok, mm -hmm. I feel is, is done. You know, it's like everyone's trying to chase that next TikTok record and everyone's making songs for TikTok. But if you look at overall influence of like what TikTok was and where it is today, it's no longer doing that whatsoever, um, which is why TikTok is also like starting to reinvent itself. They started mm -hmm. uh, a program yesterday called, I forgot what it was called, but it's now they have apps inside TikTok and you can play games inside TikTok and you can do like all these different things um, because they're realizing that it's so it's, it's not, it's no longer like music was the, the main objective. Right, right. Yeah, no, that's um, that's actionable insight. You know, Google's like the OG ad advertisement place. It's like you know, stick with what you know almost. So the 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 only thing you got to keep in mind is, um, over the last year, our consumer behavior has changed so much. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, we went from over the last, you know, people used to watch YouTube in their offices and they'd have their little tab open. And you'd have your videos muted and you just go to the video and come back and things like that. <laughs> and over the last year, people started working from home. And so people started using YouTube on their Apple TVs, on their Playstations, on our Xboxes. Mm. So, and then now it's like, they're no longer seeing it in a little square on their screen. Now it's the full screen. You know what I'm saying? Right, and so right. they're way more attentive. And then the other thing is like, no one goes up to the remote and presses skip on an ad. You know, on a, on your computer and on your phone, you did that all the time. But like when it's right. on your TV, you didn't. So the targeting was really good. Uh, so, yeah. So I definitely think uh, Google Ads is the best way to go. Right. I want to give some uh, some shine to you as an artist, too, because I know you're doing that in the midst of all of this. So I guess um, how does your career play a role as an artist? play a role in some of the other things you do and how do you kind of how do you kind of balance those those two sides of the industry so it's a very good question um i i've 
I started off, I was on the agency side. Uh, actually, I started off doing events, just like most of the people I've met in the industry. You were just like a promoter or you just like booked artists. Right. And then I started, I was really good at marketing artists, uh, marketing events. And, and, and I graduated from marketing school. And then I started working for other agencies. And then eventually I found Wavo and things like that. But um, what I realized was I didn't know anyone that was giving advice that was actually an artist. You know what I'm saying? Like an A&R, I meet a lot of people that used to be rappers, that, you know, used to be singers, that, you know, used to play in a band. But you never met anyone on the marketing side that was actually like, hey, yeah, I'm actually an artist and things like that. Or I've actually been on tour or I've actually sold merch, things like that. And so I wanted to get that perspective so I can better serve my artists. Um, and then there was a lot of things like I wanted to know what they went through, like their entire life cycle from like uploading a record checking your analytics, you know, to being nervous every day when you see your stats. I wanted to go through all of that so that I can understand their their behavior and how they think. And so when I talk to them, I, I understand their language and I understand where they're coming from. And then it was really hard for me to be like, you know, you should post your milestones. You know, you should do this. You should do that when I haven't done it. You know what I'm saying? So I started being my own case study to be like, look, I posted this when I hit 100K. I posted this when I hit half a million, I posted this when I got added on a playlist so I can show them that, hey, this stuff works. Uh, and this is coming from a nobody. You know what I'm saying? Imagine you with all of that talent and all of that, what you could do if you did it. Um, so in a way, I see it as like a an experiment to, to better serve my artists. Yeah, we had somebody else on the podcast, too, um, that worked for Ultra Rocket Penguin, who does a similar thing. Um, and he, he also makes music and does creative direction for people at ultra and does creative direction and uses his, his artistry as a, a testing ground for the artists that he works with. I do know one of your tracks also though, just passed a million plays. So it's, uh, it's not, it's not just a testing ground. I'm going to check out that song when we're done. Cause I'm sure that shit is fire. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> um, yeah. cool. Um, I know you also have a unique perspective. I know we kind of talked about it a little bit earlier how you said um, that one of the artists that you work with was a teacher for like an Orange Theory class and how that's something that you look forward to pushing and promoting. Um, I know you also take pretty seriously like personal development and mental health um, with your work. Um, I guess two parts to this question. One is what caused you to shift to that mindset or were you always there? And two, what are some things that you do to, to make sure you're taking care of your mental health and developing as a person. Um, I feel like everybody in the music industry, at least that I know of, has had some story where they, you know, lost a relationship or a friendship or, you know, drank too much or, you know, depended on drugs because it's a hard industry, you know, um, and it's a very passionate, passionate industry and the highs are highs and the lows are low. How do you kind of keep yourself balanced and, and what caused that shift? Um, so I've, I've always like physical health. I've always been very good at, like, no matter how tired I was or no matter how hungover I was, I would still try and make it to, to the gym or for a workout or a run or whatever. But over the last, over like the past year, um, I just started to realize that, well, every year I would start, you know, when you have your new year's resolution, I'd be like, this is the year I'm going to stop doing this. I'm going to stop drinking. Right. I'm going to stop right. doing drugs. I'm going to party less every year. Come January 5th, 
I fucking lose it. <laughs> and then, and then I'm like, you know what? <laughs> next year. <laughs> Damn. I got like next time, go back to the drawing board. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then, um, re, you know, something happened recently and I was like, why do I got to wait till next year? Um, and I was like, let me just make a change now. And, mm-hmm. and like, I'm, I'm super blessed where every day I wake up, I'm like, I can't believe how lucky I am. I can't believe it's my job. I can't believe it's what I do. You know, we talked about this earlier. I can't believe how many flights I've been on in the last year, like things like that. And I was like, I wonder how much more I can achieve if I cut a lot of things that were weighing me down. Um, I'm just curious what, you know, am I sitting on, on potential or was this stuff really helping me balance? Um, right. That and the, and the combination of having the the role models that I started looking up to, which were you know people that own clubs or people that own record labels or people that you know are like artists and rappers that were taking care of themselves and they weren't using drugs or they weren't drinking as hard or all of that and i was like those are actually my role models and it started to like impact me as well so right and then you brought up a good point is i realized whether i liked it or not i had an influence on the on the people around me and I was the guy who would be like shots all the time. That <laughs> if you were, if I was the guy yelling shots all the time, uh, always. Uh, that's that's uh, that's 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 me right now. So maybe maybe yeah. maybe, maybe I should maybe I should reconsider my how how yeah. I do that when I'm out with people. But yeah, yeah, I, I, I realize it, you know, and so and like I'm good. Like I'm I'm I keep it professional, you know. I, no matter what I'm doing, I can party harder than everyone, but I'm still on point. I can whatever I do, I do it professional. It's a skill. Yeah, but <laughs> some 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 of the people around me could not keep up, and um, I realized no matter how much advice I gave them or what I suggested or what I told them to do, it's hard for them to take me seriously when I'm holding a drink or when I'm just you know what I'm saying. Right. Even right, if my right. tolerance is higher, even if whatever. Right. So I just yeah, I was so now it's like. They they feel some type of way to have one drink less, but I'm cool with you having one drink less or one whatever less. For me, fine, I'll take that uh, rather than be meaning the reason that you're fucked up. Because right. uh, you're gonna hate me in the morning. I don't want you to hate me in the morning. <laughs> yeah, I used to um, I used to be colleagues with somebody. I won't say I won't say names, but whenever whenever someone went out with that person. They were always like, oh, you you went drinking with so-and-so. How you feel this morning? It was like that person's like reputation. <laughs> I feel yeah. like I feel like you you're sort of you were you used to be sort of a similar thing. But um no, I think that's I think that's all really important. I think uh the music industry in a lot of ways is dependent on some of those moments where we lose our inhibitions, but at the same time, the downfall of that is the next day not feeling so good or being dependent on those things. So um honestly, man, I, I, take I, I I remember right before the well, two years ago. I flew from Burning Man to the office. Literally, I showed up <laughs> with dust. I showed up with dust all over me. Now you talking My hair Sam's was language? Beard, beard like this. I showed up. I worked the whole day. No one could slow me down. I worked the whole day. <laughs> That's fucking hard as shit. <laughs> yeah. Great. I need that post Burning Man decompression, bro. I'm out to Tahoe. <laughs> I love. Don't get me wrong. I love to put putting that work, but <laughs> give me a week in some nature. Um, that's amazing, man. No, no, I love the balance. I think that finding that balance and being intentional about that balance is so critical. And I, I think even just being intentional on, on kind of the the impact that like 
personal development, I've always been very fond of the quote that like your level of success will never exceed your level of personal development. And I think whether that's how you network, how you manage your time, you're speaking to a lot of kind of time management. Wow, that was a bar, bro. That was a bar. Um, <laughs> but no, I mean, it's the truth. And I, I think um, a lot of people look past that when in reality, they just seems to like look inside. And I think it sounds like you've been doing that in a, in a strong way. And it's clearly manifesting through a lot of the success and continued traction and, and growth in your career, man. Appreciate it, yo. I mean, hopefully I, I, I stick to it and you don't see me hungover tomorrow. You don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, exactly, man. Well, um, Moody, man, super grateful for having you on the show today. I think keep up the great work, man. We'll uh, excited for all the, the releases that are in the pipeline and, and everything that you're up to, man. So keep it up. Thank you. It, it was a pleasure. Thank you all for having me and uh, listening to me for, for this long. And uh, yeah, hopefully we can connect again in person. Yeah, Let's let us it. know when you're in New York. Sounds good. All right. Have a good one. Yeah, man, that was awesome. That yeah, was awesome. No, enjoyed um, it. Moody and I actually met when he worked at Wavo. Um, he used to do some marketing for some of the artists that I worked on at EQT. So it's been great to see him kind of go from that to having his own, having two of his own things. He said his side gig and his side side gig, and now also being um, the at the level that he's at at Empire. It's, it's really great seeing people that were kind of there in the trenches with you. Like some of the memories I have, you know, with Moody were the beginning stages of when I worked at EQT, you know? So I'm um, definitely great to see him succeed uh, at the level that he is right now. And, uh, and he clearly, he clearly has a lot of control over um, the situation that he's in, which is like, yeah. you know, really great. So yeah. What'd you think? No, I enjoyed it, man. I love the work he's doing. I love his approach to creativity and his groundedness and ability to stay productive amidst so many different things going on. I think uh, he's got some really fun things going on. So excited to see what comes up next. Yeah, absolutely. Well, as always, appreciate y'all. We'll be back next week.